0: Welcome to Clippings, the official podcast of the Council for Nail Disorders, where Drs. April Schachtel and Catherine Stiff take a closer look at articles and clippings published on all things nail disease. Listeners can suggest articles for this podcast or topics of discussion by sending an email to kristin.cnd at
1: gmail.com. Thank you for listening. and welcome to episode 24 of the Clippings Podcast, where we review nail papers and present them to you. I'm April Schachtel, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Catherine Stiff. Hey, April. By the time you hear this podcast, it will be 2023, so I want to take the opportunity to say happy holidays and happy new year to our listeners. Thanks for being with us for these last two years of podcasts. We have two quick articles to share with you to end the year. My article today is called The X-Suture, a Versatile Technique for Nail Apparatus Surgery. It was published in Dermatologic Surgery in December 2022, and the authors are Isabella Caicedo, Florence DeHave, and Bertrand Richer. I heard Dr. Richer mention this technique in the oncology course in October of this year, so I was excited to see what his team had written about it in print. The stitch, which the authors call the X-stitch, is also known as a mini running suture or a cross stitch or a figure of eight stitch when it's used to tie off bleeding vessels. It consists essentially of two interrupted sutures, one next to the other with the ends tied together so that it resembles an X when you look at it from above. The two main advantages of this stitch are to provide effective hemostasis from the crisscross loops. And because you only tie it once after placing two loops, it is quicker to perform than placing two um, individual simple interrupted sutures, which is especially helpful when there's a lot of bleeding like on the scalp. The authors describe several indications where this X stitch may be helpfully used in nail unit surgery. One of the main indications can be to help close the lateral incisions in the proximal nail fold after a tangential excision of the matrix or any other procedure in which the proximal nail fold is reflected. In these cases, the needle will penetrate the epidermis approximately 2 millimeter from the edge of the wound in the proximal nail fold. It will go through the epidermis and dermis on one side, and then through the dermis and up through the epidermis on the other side. A second loop is performed parallel in the same way, three to four millimeters away, either proximally or distally. And then the ends are tied together, leading to that X configuration. The authors include a graphic as well as a link to a video in the text of the article. The suture should not be tied too tight to avoid strangulating the skin of the proximal nail fold. And if non-absorbable sutures are used, they should be removed at around 14 days. Another indication is after a nail plate avulsion in which the nail plate is replaced, the X suture can be used on the distal fold to secure the free edge of the nail plate and um, push the nail plate back into the pocket. So the X-stitch can be done with one loop on each side of the free edge of the nail plate, or you could do two X-stitches, one done on each side of the plate. And this would provide good adherence of the plate to the bed, which is very helpful after removal of a subungual tumor like an onychopapilloma. The suture can also be used to close a longitudinal incision on the nail bed with an absorbable suture. And this will help spread the traction forces along the edge so that you are less likely to tear the fragile nail bed. The Howard Dubois procedure is a surgical technique used for ingrown nails due to nail fold hypertrophy. And the X-stitch can be helpful in that procedure for primary closure hemostasis, and to provide powerful downward traction of the distal fold. In that procedure, several X sutures can be used, but larger bites are needed. And finally, the X stitch can be used to quickly close a punch biopsy site after a punch biopsy of the lateral or distal nail folds. This is a versatile stitch, which provides hemostasis, and because it spreads forces around, it can help avoid tearing tissue. Removal is easy and similar to removing a simple interrupted suture. As described by these authors, there are several ways it can be used in nail surgery. I have already switched many of my simple interrupted sutures to this technique and have been finding it quite useful.
0: Yes, I plan to utilize this method in my next nail procedure as well.
1: Wonderful. Catherine, tell us what
0: you read about. Okay, so recall that in episode nine we discussed the article by Wetzel et al. on the treatment of nail unit toxicities secondary to target targeted cancer therapy. They proposed a management algorithm for drug induced acute paronychia and periungual pyogenic granulomas. Recently, doctors Borgia, Piccolo, Diana, and Vigliso from Genoa, Italy published a notes and comments in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology, entitled, Chemotherapy Associated Paronychia, Do Not Forget the Children. And as always, I apologize for any mispronunciations. Of the chemotherapy agents reviewed in Wetzel et al.'s article, Selumetinib, a MEK inhibitor, is approved for the treatment of inoperable plexiform neurofibromas in children. Paronychia appears more frequently in children treated with this agent, with an incidence ranging from roughly 30 to 50%. The authors hypothesized this increased incidence may be due to higher physical activity levels in children resulting in recurrent nail trauma. They proposed several modifications to the previously published management algorithm for acute paronychia. First, doxycycline, which is given for recurrent severe or treatment refractory paronychia due to its anti-inflammatory properties, is not approved for ages under 8. In children ages 2 to 7, azithromycin may be an effective option for long-term and low-dose administration. Second, we cannot simply tell children to avoid nail trauma. Instead, emphasize to the parents that the child should be wearing comfortable shoes, avoid aggressive manicuring, and try to divert the child from onychophagia and onychotillomania when possible. This brief article made an important point that more studies are needed to help define specific guidelines for the management of this common complication of chemotherapy in children.
1: Thanks, Catherine. I wonder if it's also because the skin of kids' fingers is thinner than an adult's, so that might be another reason they're more prone to the paronychia. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. All right. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Clippings. I want to thank our listeners for their attention. Uh, to all our listeners, please share this podcast with your colleagues and trainees. Let us know how we are doing and which articles you would like us to review on the show by contacting Kristen.cnd at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter at Nail Disorders.